RadioNext.tv. We are live on the Cool Groove site each and every Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Weaving wisdom and knowledge together with my dear friend, <laughs> Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.B. Bell here. Uh, Dr. Mark, how are you, partner? Doing real well today. Looking forward to this. This is a, a once in, a, well, this is the only time this has ever happened to us, I think, in this platform is, uh, you know, we had this hole in the schedule, and in God's providence, uh, Terrell uh, just kind of dropped into your lap last Saturday. Yeah. I don't think you were trying to just, you know, battle with the solar eclipse that we just had. <laughs> it's just a once in a life time thing we're going to do this once in a lifetime show uh, as dr mark uh echo mentioned we have a very special guest in studio today uh brother terrell sarver and uh terrell is the founder of uh, b-men inc a great organization that is transforming the lives of men here in our community in indianapolis he is also i mentioned financial expert he won't take that credit but i will uh rainstar capital group um is the business he represents and he's going to tell you how to unleash your business potential with financing from Rainstar Capital Group. When we come back, we're going to find out a little bit more about Terrell Sarver. We're going to be going inside financial planning, but I think that we're going to take some other twist and turn on this. I journey. do believe that's uh, true. Before we go to uh, break, Mark, please explain Cominius Institute, yeah. a great sponsor of this show, what we're trying to do over here at IUPUI and across the country. You bet. So, uh, Cominius Institute is named after John Amos Cominius, the famous Moravian pastor who uh, his life basically spanned uh, into the, uh, from the last of the 16th into the 17th centuries. Uh, great man who basically gave us the encyclopedia, something called Pan-Sophie. Uh, he was also uh, a person to whom the first presidency of Harvard University was offered, and he turned them down. He believed that women should be educated. He was, he's a big believer in all kinds of learning styles. And here's a man who lived hundreds of years ago. So we named uh, Cominius Institute after this great educational reformer uh, for all of those reasons, uh, not the least of which, of course, is his tremendous Christian testimony. Cominius actually operates as one of 35 different study centers around the United States. We operate at IUPUI, and I meet with students every week. I meet with some faculty members, uh, our board members, of course, UHB being one of them have suggested that we have communities that we are committed to. And so this means that I travel in lots of different directions. Uh, I do an awful lot of writing and speaking and uh, all kinds of educating in lots of different venues. So uh, Cominius is a great opportunity, I think, to enliven the Indianapolis community giving us connections to lots of different communities. I think that's huge. Well, you know, I think what's huge, too, is that we have a special guest in studio, and we were talking about finances last week on the show, yes. understanding that about 20% of the Bible is dealing with uh, mm. finances, how you right. use and what you do with them. So uh, we're going to come back. We're going to meet Terrell Sarver on Warp and Wolf Radio. You are listening to the Cool Groove site. RadioNext.tv, we are live on the Cool Groove site, Warp and Wolf Radio, Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.B. Bell, and in studio with us, Terrell Sarver. And as I mentioned, we're talking finances, but this conversation it will go much, much deeper, mm -hmm. I can tell, from the uh, pre-show uh, conversations that we were having. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious, because uh, we always talk about the wholeness in life, Mark, and finance is one of those key things, but uh, you and Terrell had the opportunity to meet today uh, for the very first time. But right. It's almost like this. I told you this brotherhood. You can't shirk it when your spirit is when when, yeah. when your spirit's right. You don't right. you don't shirk that responsibility to say, okay, this is another mm -hmm. another legion. 
That's right. You know, for this world that we're trying to go out here and make a difference to. Um, you've been on the on the finance uh, literacy. Yeah, financial, financial literacy. literacy is a huge issue for us. I, it's one, when you mention the word wholeness, for instance. Let's just take it back to Hebrew. Uh, in the Hebrew language, the word shalom, that's maybe one of the most well-known Hebrew words, literally means wholeness. So when I say to somebody in, a, in an email, for instance, I always end my emails, peace to you. Well, what I mean by peace is I pray wholeness for you. I pray that this would be wholeness in your life in every respect, whatever that might be, emotionally, psychologically, physically, intellectually. And, of course, in this con- instance we're talking about today is financially. So let's just jump right into this, Terrell. I, you know, I think this is a huge issue. Uh, we, we really don't talk enough about this. The church doesn't talk enough about this, I don't think. So tell us why financial literacy is so important for the Christian man. This, let's just start there. Yeah, financial literacy is very important for the Christian man because, first of all, it puts us in order, right? Uh, we have to be in order, you know, in a foundationally fit in order to be able to, uh, to be a... Uh, to be about God's business. So in a lot of times when we're when we're struggling with our bills and debt and we don't know how we're going to pay those, that comes with stress and worry, which then takes us off focus of God's kingdom and building his kingdom up. So uh, I believe that financial literacy is definitely something that we should take serious. We should make sure that is a priority and uh, making sure that we make sure we have it in place so we can go about and do the um the building of the kingdom of God. Yeah, there you go. When you used a word that's uh, not one that's often used in this uh, in this circumstance, use the word order. Put yeah. people in order. Yeah, so, sir. okay, now I gotta <laughs> I gotta ask you to extrapolate that. You know, kind of tease that out a little bit for the rest of us. When you say that financial literacy is going to help us put us in order, what do you mean by that? When it put us in order, because God talks about talks about the head. The man is the head of the household, right? And so. When we're financially fit, we're in order. We're in order to do the uh, 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 the things that God wants us to do. We're in order to make sure that our families are taken care of, right? That weight is off because we're the uh, uh, the providers of the family. Our wives are the help meet. Mm-hmm. So we have to make sure that we're in order by being financially fit. And that's what a man's role is all about, mm-hmm. being in order and being the head of the household. And mm-hmm. that's being a provider. Wow. Financially fit. I mean, it sounds like we're going to be lifting, uh, lifting weights yes, here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> this is a, it's, it's really fascinating to me that you, I mean, you jumped right back. When I asked you about order, you jumped right back to Genesis. See, so, so you believe Genesis. Yes, sir. I believe that, that, that uh, God made us the head. He told Adam, he said, go out and cultivate and, 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 and multiply and produce. Mm. Right? He gave him headship mm. over that. Matter of fact, God is so great that he actually gave Adam a job. Mm-hmm. He gave him a business, mm-hmm. right? Before he even gave him Eve, he gave him a business. He gave him something to do and cultivate and produce. So God is about order. God is So that lets you know, too, that God is very uh, uh, mindful of knowing that a man should be in a position of financial freedom. Mm. Financial. Does that, make, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it makes a ton of sense. <laughs> you know, when, when, when I just want to make sure I'm talking <laughs> sense. You know? Oh, yeah. You're talking so much sense. And, and, you know, we had a candid conversation earlier, and you were talking about your storm, that you went through your financial storm. And yes, sometimes sir. Sometimes you're being tested uh, going through those storms. Uh, what is the difference between going through those storms when you know that God is working you and you're doing those things that are supposed to uh, uh, be good for the kingdom, but then you're being. Um, test it so you can, I guess, be in better order. 
because I'm, I'm sure, and I'm talking for me, we're doing counseling right, now, right, one-on-one, right, right, because, right, you know, I'm right. out here doing the work, and, and the work and the resources, and my cousin said something so very interesting, Brian Hudson, uh, the source versus the resource, yeah, he said the source yeah. is limitless, and the right. resource, yeah, yes, sir. you know, yes, those, sir. those yes, things sir. run out, so, so give, just, just give people who might be going through those tests. Uh, some words of encouragement because you said you had to rebuild and now you, you you're back strong so to speak. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. I had to rebuild. I mean, basically, it's all about trusting God and believing the word of God and believing that God says, "I'm the head and not the tail; that I am above and not beneath; that I am the lender and not the borrower." So I have to believe that no matter what my situation looks like, I have to believe the word of God and I have to stand on the word of God uh in those valley times in those times where my situation may not look like my confession right there you go. and a lot of times our situation doesn't look like that because what the enemy wants to do is make you out of a liar he wants your confession to, uh, uh, to fall on hollow ground so so you won't believe the word of god and that's when we have to stra- uh, strap up our bootstraps and dig in and, and and trust god and believe god for the process mm. Boy, that's some strong medicine right there. I, and, and, and now i got to go to my second favorite book in the Bible. I mean, we talked a little about Genesis now. I need to move over to the book of Leviticus because in the book of Leviticus, God says something very interesting in Leviticus chapter 25. In Leviticus chapter 25, he actually tells us that his responsibility is uh, for the land. So he gives the land to people. And here, here is this uh, wonderful statement uh, that he says that the land is mine. In, in Leviticus twenty five twenty three says, the land shall not be so, sold permanently, for the land is mine. You are strangers and sojourners with me, and all the country you possess shall allow the redemption of land. So here it is. God says, this is mine. I'm going to let you have it for a while, and I'm going to let you use it. So let's talk a little bit about that concept about God is the owner of all things, and, and we get to use it for a while. How do you speak to those kinds of issues when you talk about these issues? Yeah, that's, that's uh, uh, actually, that's great because we're the stewards yeah. of what God has given us, right? That's the reason why, just like when he gave Adam dominion, God gave that to him to cultivate and to manage and, and to produce and multiply. That wasn't Adam's, mm-hmm. right? That was God. God gave it to him. So it's all about stewardship when we talk about the order. That's that's what it's all about. God is entrusting us uh, with our wives, with our families to be good stewards of what he's given us. That's the reason why we have to make sure that we pay tithes, you know, mm-hmm. because God commands that, you know, the tenth of, uh, of, of everything that he gives us. So we have mm-hmm. to make sure that we stay obedient with that. But basically, stewardship follows obedience. To me, stewardship follows obedience. So if I'm going to be a good steward, I have to be obedient to what God is telling me to do because at the end of the day, it's, it's his. I got to tell you, man, sitting next to you and hearing these words come out of your mouth, it sounds like you're a preacher. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am an ordained elder. I am one of the elders at Life Restoration Church in, uh, with my pastor, Elder Keith Jones, and uh, we're right off of uh, 106th in college, but I've been ordained for the last six years. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes, sir. So in your particular uh, church, do you have opportunity to speak about the things we're talking about? Today? Oh, yes, sir. Actually, me and my wife, we head up the financial ministry <laughs> in our church. Uh, so, yeah, we do that as well. And I preach uh, some sermons sometimes on, on, on 
on uh, the subject matter as well. Oh, I'm very passionate about finances. You know, when I was growing up, uh, I was raised by my great grandmother, and of course, uh, you know, we wasn't taught finances at all. I didn't even know how to balance the checkbook. When I went to high school, they touched on it a little bit, but once again, when I graduated from high school and went to college, I was very illiterate when it came to finances. And uh, it wasn't until I went to New Life Worship Center with Pastor John F. Ramsey. Uh, that was in 2001. It wasn't until I got up under his leadership where he actually instilled uh, 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 financial stability, financial uh, freedom, financial uh uh, a mandate on that basically saying that we have to be in order he taught a lot of the practicals when it came to money mm -hmm. and he instilled something in me that literally that I caught on to it and it's literally changed my entire life so the seeds that he's sown through those years have have resonated with me mm -hmm. and kept me and uh, that's the reason why I'm so passionate about it today mm -hmm. This really, this thing about seeds, we got to come back to that. But uh, you know, go ahead first. No, 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 because we talk about this very candidly each and every week, Terrell. Uh, especially when we talk about cultural divide, and in the African American community, you just hit a nerve when you were talking about how when we were raised, we don't sit at the table and right. talk about right. our finances right. uh, in the community I came from. Um, and so when we when we get nineteen, twenty, and get our first job, and we get our first checks, we are so inept when it comes to right. understanding what do we do right and and so what you're making the point about being uh behind so to speak and, and i gave that glaring statistic to mark last week about you know net worth in the african-american community family and net worth and you know the caucasian family and, and the gap is so crazy i mean you know like fifty eight hundred dollars worth of net assets versus hundred and eleven thousand dollars and you you know and we're trying to start talking about financial literacy to a group of people who are uh, financially bankrupt almost. So yeah. we got to start life from square one. We, we got to start early. We do. Um, and what, what would you suggest to, to, I guess, the single parents that come from untraditional family and household and makeup where two incomes are coming and you can talk mm -hmm. financing? Where, what, what could somebody who's, who's just starting out do for, to help their young people? You know, just take ownership and know that, you know, we don't know everything and it's always good to be able to go to a professional or, or, or an expert uh, to get the information and knowledge that we need. Also reading, uh, you know, getting books on, on financial uh, literacy. Um, uh, uh, like I said, this maybe uh, there are a lot of non-for-profit organizations out here that are uh that are uh give you free counseling when it comes to financial literacy as well so just get informed and and just try to be mindful of it you know because i used to be a credit counselor uh certified credit counselor financial literacy uh a foreclosure counseling and first time home buyer counseling as well that's actually when i accepted my call mm. to the ministry is because during that time god was showing me uh, that he was going to get actually God told me I'm giving you unlimited access to people and these people are going to come to you for various reasons but it was most mostly financial and uh, when these people come to you you have to you're going to be their pastor so to speak mm. so which means he gave me a mandate he said you have to live a holy life and I'm actually going off a of course here because that's how B men got started but he told me that I had to live a, a holy life because there were going to people that were going to come to me seeking and looking for answers mm. and I had to be a person of love and comfort and support when people are coming to me because people are coming to me man there were a lot of people uh, marriages that were failing because they were about to lose their homes because of financial debt uh due to maybe divorce or maybe uh unemployment whatever situation uh, uh, uh was a lot of people were seeking for answers and i saw that time where like couples were like like in dire need of of support and so there were times where i had the liberty to pray with these people mm -hmm. you know maybe even sometimes give my testimony as well to let them know that 
that God is real and that God can step into your situation. Now, you got to understand, too, when I was ministering to them, I was going through a financial fight myself. But I believe God. You know what I'm saying? And it was and, and I had the power and the passion to speak into their life and give them some hope. So when they and but not only hope, but an action plan. Right, because we got to make sure that we giving people, we giving people practical, practical uh, tools to get out of their situation. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just bless God for that. But the main thing is to seek out that information to get yourself out of that situation. We're gonna take a break, and I bless God for you because sometimes you just need to hear what you know. But affirmation is 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 the crucial sometimes because you know we we all have. Uh, our journey, but we are talking to Terrell Sovereign. We are getting not only a financial education, but we getting some biblical <laughs> education as well. Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H. V. Bell, you are listening to Warping Wolf Radio on the Cool Groove site. Oh, RadioNext.tv, we are on the Cool Groove site. Warping Wolf Radio, Dr. Mark Echo, Comenius Institute, Harold H. V. Bell, and we are in studio with Terrell Sovereign. Before we get back, let me give him some just do up in here. This brother is busy. Uh, of course, we mentioned B Men Inc., and B Men Inc. is an organization that is transforming men. Ladies, no apologies about this. We need to get our brothers together, and I mean our spiritual brothers, not white, black, brown, whatever. We're talking about men coming together to learn how to be men so we can be better servants to the community. And uh, I'm telling you, you have to pick this book, Transformed. Uh, and this is a book with uh, seven powerful authors and men who have changed their lives by the uh, grace of God. Uh, living and understanding now what their message and their calling is here on earth. Uh, managing editor for this book is Mr. Terrell Sauber, our in-studio guest. I encourage you to go out and get this book. Um, I'm telling you, overcoming all kind of obstacles. And also, if you want to unleash your business potential, uh, your financial potential, Check out Rainstar Capital Group, and uh, it's a multi-strategy private equity firm based in Grand Rapids, Michigan, but Rainstar is here in Indianapolis with Mr. Terrell Sovereign. If you want to get your business together, uh, they do commercial real estate, corporate finance, small business, equipment financing needs, everything and anything you need, check out Rainstar, and we're going to give you some more information as we move forward. But we're back and having a great conversation on really what we're talking about is your stewardship financially with your stewardship in crisis where this conversation's gone we have no bones and no we, don't, we ain't embarrassed about it we are all christian men in here that's been put on the table i'm the one you probably need to pray for most <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dad, Nevin, i'm in the gate you know <laughs> yeah, i'm right, in I'm they in said the if you confess with your <laughs> mouth yes, and believe right. in your heart yes, then right. you know you are inheriting the kingdom yes, of god right. so <laughs> i am <laughs> here Dad, Nevin, but y'all keep working on me dr mark oh, yeah, oh my word yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we do love our brother, HB, man. Uh, we just want to emphasize again that uh, when we push this out later on in the day, uh, my great tech team, uh, I'm thinking about Josh, Josh Collingswood here especially and Liz Meyer, uh, who do some really great work for us at Cominius Institute, and they push this stuff out so fast now that we get it later in the afternoon. So you watch for uh, the pictures that will be coming out later. Uh, we'll put, be putting up descriptions of not only what Terrell does in life, but the kinds of new nonprofits that he's doing, all kinds of new initiatives, just fantastic stuff. And all of that, uh, all of those links will be up later on in the day. But before we go any further, <laughs> I said, you know, Terrell, man, we talked about your pastor before we talked about your wife. So we gotta, <laughs> we got to rectify that situation right now. Tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah, so uh, I have a beautiful wife. Her name is uh, Carrie Sarver. 
and uh, she's actually a real estate broker for uh, FC Tucker. She's also a licensed appraiser, uh, appraiser as well, too. So uh, uh, we've been married for eight years now, and uh, we have three wonderful daughters. We have Justice. She just graduated from IU, and she's in the uh, master's class now. Mm. And uh, she also just recently got married mm. uh, in July. So uh, she's enjoying her married life, and uh, they did it the right way as well. Uh, she was abstinence the whole entire four years of college, so we're very proud of that and uh she was also crowned uh miss iu wow uh, as well and uh, mm. she was actually the second african-american that actually got that crown uh, nice yeah so we're very proud of her we have london she's 13 and we have riley she is seven wonderful yeah man you yeah. got you got a house full of women now no man pray for <laughs> me brother. that's probably why you went out here and said let me go get some all <laughs> men hey, boy, I, I need to be around the Lord said, you don't need any more women right. brother exactly, exactly. Uh, uh, speaking of that though uh terrell i you know i've been blessed to um have a great interview with you this past saturday and you were talking about some of your uh personal things that you have overcome and mm -hmm. i mean you know to, to just tell that story real quick mm -hmm. and so that people can get a real idea of who we're listening to yes uh, the sir man oh, god yeah. Yeah. The man god is yeah. breathing through man because your yeah. testimony is unbelievable yes yeah, awesome man you know in 2015 in september of 2015 i went into total respiratory failure and uh, i uh had a allergic reaction to some shellfish and uh so uh, i coded twice uh on the way to the uh, hospital first time i was i passed away i was gone for a minute and 10 seconds second time it was a minute and 23 uh they revived me uh, i was in a coma for eight days and my heart stopped eight times while i was in a coma but we serve a mighty God uh, that said, not yet. We still have work for you to do. And the amazing part about it is, too, is right, because that was the same year that uh, this, this, this young teacher uh, at Chattard, uh High School, I think he was 22, 23 years old, he actually went through the same. He had an allergic reaction as well mm. to some food. I think they were out of the country, and he passed away. Mm. And uh, it was just, a, you know, it just kind of just brought it back to light, you know, how 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 God showed mercy and favor upon me, but it was also through the prayers of the righteous uh, that availeth much that that actually brought you know brought me back as well. So we give God all the praise and glory and the honor because it is Him that has allowed me to be here today. So uh, we there don't take go. that for granted. So we praise Him for that. Mm, absolutely, and I just uh, hearing you use words like coded and coma and so on. I got to say hello to my mom. My mom's been a nurse for over 60 years. Oh, wow. Hey, Mom, love hey, mom. you <laughs> out in Denver. Yeah, we're all loving you here in, in uh, Indianapolis this morning. I wanted to uh, take this a little bit further. You mentioned the issue of your family, but I wanted to uh, come back to something you said before break, and that is that you, and this fascinates me. I love this line you gave, that God showed you that you needed to be a financial pastor. Now, in Greek and Hebrew terms, the concept of pastor means shepherd. So literally, you're shepherding people along. Let's come back and talk about that because I think this kind of concept is not often talked about. We talk about just the guy that's behind the pulpit right. and he's right. uh, delivering the message, but we got lots of messages to deliver. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so yeah, I mean, he was just showing me, he was like, you know, you don't have to be confined to a pulpit or to a location, right? I'm going to give you unlimited access to people. And, uh, and, and when these people come to you, you have to make sure that you're in position mm. of holiness, right? Because sometimes you can get tripped up. You know, you got, you got women, especially a lot of women there come in and, uh, uh, cause they're already emotional. And then because you seem to have the answer, they can attach to you, right? So God made it clear to me that, 
that ain't what I have called you to do. I need for you to stand upright and be a man, uh, honor and be committed to your family and live a holy life. And if you can abide by that, mm. then I will give you access to unlimited people and I will allow you to be the answer to these people. Mm. So I, I, I don't take it for granted at all because, I mean, think about it. I'm nobody. I told you that I became financially literate pretty much like real late in life. Like, I was probably in my 30s when I learned about finances. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, technically, I'm behind the eight ball. So, why would he favor me in this position? Mm -hmm. So, I have to give him all praise and glory. And, mm -hmm. and we take finances uh, seriously over here. Yeah, this is a, an important uh, <coughs> testimony. And I, so, because both of you guys, HB and Terrell, you both have talked about this in the African-American community specifically, about the problem of not teaching young people early, or at least you never ha uh, heard it in your own homes, Talk about the necessity of planting financial literacy seeds into the next generation. Yeah, that's key because what I'm learning about today's generation, because I've had the opportunity to speak at several colleges, IU, um, uh, 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 Financial Literacy in uh, University of Indianapolis as well. I teach a lot of their students that are transitioning from high school to college, and I teach financial literacy. But what I noticed that those guys are very smart. They're very intelligent. They're very articulate. And uh, they know where they're going in life. And I was like, God, why do you have me in front of these people? And he said, because you have experience. You have something that they don't have, which is experience. So I bring my experience to the table so I can let them know that how important it is to make sure that you focus on 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 being a man first focus on making sure that you have all your 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 stuff in order before you seek out marriage or that woman because i'm telling you you don't want to go down the road that i've been through so i can i can give them information and they can grab on that information real quickly and uh but it's my experience and my hardships mm -hmm. is where we're going to probably really connect so they know not to make the same mistakes that i've made and i think that's crucial that's the reason why if god has done anything for you you cannot be afraid to, to open up your mouth and share the hardships that you've been through because at the end of the day you're not there anymore mm -hmm. so there's no shame in that but we have to be transparent with our young people and we got to let them know that i that i have not always done the right thing i have not always made the right decision but be, uh, uh, but by the grace of god I have given another chance to stand before you flat-footed and give and tell you what he's done for me, and please don't follow my footsteps. I, and and I want to expand on that 100% yeah. because uh, basically I think wisdom in all walks of life is really trying to share the mistakes that you've made and how not to have to go through this, at least offer. Right. This is how you don't have to go through this because I got old by a whole bunch of mistakes made. Um, and when you get old, you're going to make some, too. Just don't make the ones that I'm warning make, you against yeah. and telling you against. Yeah. And, you know, uh, that's really all we can do as adult supervisors, as adult people trying to transfer wisdom mm -hmm. is express that. Um, give them that ammunition because you, you say it so eloquently, Mark. You talk about power. Can't get, mm -hmm. you, can, you can't go beat them in the head with power mm -hmm. and, you know, with the information you're trying to give them. You have to open your hand up and say, here, take this knowledge. Mm -hmm. Now, that's authority. Mm -hmm. yes. Use it how you yeah. need to yeah. use it. And so as long as we continue to do that, they hear us. The scripture says real clear, you know, teach them well when they're young. Might drift away, but they're going to come back. So mm -hmm. if we keep imparting this wisdom, keep showing, hey, you don't want to make this mistake. You don't want to do this this way. You know, Why do they come I back, HB? Well, Why do they come back? They because come of back. the seed they come back because that has been sown. That's yeah. right. The seed yeah. is pure. That's what you do. So, you back. know, that's what we, I think we have to get more into seed planning instead of judging 
growth. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, you know, yeah. we got to get more into seed planting because too many times we're trying to see what your seed is going to grow into. And that's not why you plant the seed. God know what he wants that to grow into. Yeah. But it'll come back to the pureness of what that seed was planted, I think. Ultimately, you know, this goes back to uh, the famous parable of the, the parable of the soils. A lot of people call this the parable of the seed or the parable of the sower, but it's really the parable of the soils. There are four different kinds of soils, three of which don't take the seed. There is only one soil that takes the seed. So we have to emphasize a two-pronged approach here. One is that young people or anybody that we're talking to in terms of the seed, they bear responsibility for hearing and acting upon the word. It is their responsibility. So this just a really short story. I'll tell you that for 18 months, when I first started teaching, I first started teaching in 1983, way back in the day. Yeah. 1983, I started teaching. And I'd come home every day, and Robin would say, hey, baby, how'd your day go? And I'd say, I hate those kids. You know, I couldn't stand them. Because I figured, you know, it, they, they just want to hear what I had to say. Well, forget that. So 18 months in, I realized, and get this now, I was not the Holy Spirit. How about that? Right, wow, I was not wow. the Holy Spirit. And as soon as that dawned on me, I be, it was freeing. So I emphasized this point that the students bear responsibility for hearing and then acting upon. But if they don't, that's not my fault. Correct. But my responsibility is to bring it the best way that I can to continue to improve as a teacher, and on and on, we could talk a lot about that. But it's both and. It is my responsibility, and it's the hearer's responsibility both. It is. It is. It's what you call the 80-20 rule. You know, in counseling, right, you know, a lot of times, especially when you're dealing with people that, that, that are looking for answers and they got themselves in a situation, they're always looking for someone to bail them out. Right. And so as a counselor, what I've learned is that I can only do 20 percent of the work. You have to do 80 percent of the work and you have to let make sure that you let them know up front that I'm only here to give you an action plan. Yeah, I am not here to, to perform any miracles or anything. You have to apply what you are learning. And most people we call I call them subprime people. Most subprime people, when I'm saying I call them subprime because because of their thinking, their mind has not been transformed, and they're always looking for someone to bail them out. So they're also looking for to blame to uh, to uh, point blame as well. So we have to teach people that eighty twenty as a counselor is, is my job to listen, and it's also my job to give you sound advice. But I'm not here to do the work for you. See, that's segue stuff, man. I, you right know, I've learned over in all these <laughs> yeah. years of doing this show. Sometime let the audience marinate on that, and we're going to let you marinate on that. <laughs> uh, we are in studio with Terrell Starver getting some great information, not only for your financial health, but your spiritual wealth. We'll be right back. Radio TV. we're on the Cool Groove site, warping, woofing on your radio. Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.B. Bell, every Wednesday. 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can get some candid conversation with some great guests, great topics. Today, Terrell Sarver's in here, man, author, uh, uh, just a, a shepherd of men uh, with B-Men, Inc., also financial expert. I'm going to call him that, and I had somebody text me in already, Terrell. If you want the number, 
direct number to Mr. Terrell Sarver. You can call 317-717-8044, and you can find out about unsecured lines of credit, revenue-based lines of credit, revenue-based advance, merchant cash advance, business lines of credit, inventory financing, purchase order financing, and equipment leasing. If you need anything else, it is illegal <laughs> in the lending process. It just ain't good for you because he's covering everything. So please check him out. Uh, but we are having a very candid conversation about financial literacy, understanding what your res- 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 financial literacy, under- responsibilities are as a man. And we're telling you, ladies, listen in so you can, you know, don't get into argument later. You know, trying to tell him what Mr. Terrell was talking about on the radio. But you can listen and maybe understand a little bit more about what the responsibilities of uh, the men you might be seeking, the man that you have, (laughs) and try to tame this thing up and get it together, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's the segue right there. We need to talk about B-Men, Inc. Let's talk about that. Tell us about what that is, how you do it, who's involved, everything. Yeah, definitely. So B-Men, Inc. is basically... Uh, organizational corporation that uh, that provides a platform for men with a voice. So it's called Be Men Incorporated, where every man has a voice. And basically, we have two divisions right now. Uh, we have a publishing company where we uh, help first-time authors and also seasoned authors uh, get their projects out. We also provide uh, speaking engagements, professional speaking engagements for them as well. The opportunity to be certified as a life coach as well. And also uh, have the opportunity to uh, to be a part of a mastermind group, so you can glean from other authors, ask questions, just be a part of a, a, a network in your field. We also provide writing classes as well for that first-time author or that seasoned author who wants to be become a better writer and be able to uh, express himself in writing as far as blogs, or whatever. So we provide all that as well. Man, this is just fantastic stuff. I'm writing as fast as I can, writing all this stuff down because you know every single one of these could be its own show. When we're talking about publishing, for instance, we're talking about book publishing. Uh, tell us about the latest book. We talked about it a little bit at the front end of this, but let's hit that again. What was the last book that came out, specifically your very first project? Yes, sir. So that, uh, that book is called Transformed, and it's powerful stories of seven men changed by the hand of God. And basically what this project, first project is is a collaboration of seven men. Now, what's uh, the unique part about this project is that I have a personal relationship with each of these guys. So uh, we did a dedication to each guy as well. But these guys are telling their stories of a transformation on how God just transformed their lives and and allow them to be the men that there are today. Because I think it's important, for especially for women, this uh, uh, this world that we're living in, I think it's important that people know that there are men out here that are living for God. Mm. You know, it's important to know that there are men who have made mistakes and then turned their lives over to Christ and allow God to transform them. And so I think it's important because men right now are getting a bad rap. Uh, uh, they're getting a bad rap when it comes to not being providers of their families, not being uh, uh, providers for their children, not being the fathers of their children. And so we just want the world to know, this dying world to know that there are men out here that have submitted their way to Christ and and now they're going through the transformation process. So that's basically what this this first project was for, just to let you know that there are men out here that have decided to allow Christ to transform them. 
You know, and we've been talking, and we were talking earlier in the interview, uh, Terrell, about, um, you know, your stewardship, what, what your role is and what your responsibility is. And over the last 20 years, we've had such a major shift from the industrial age to the information age and how men used to be the head of the household based on their right. economic gain. And most of that economic gain came from those factories and those manufacturing jobs uh, that were available. Uh, information age come in and we didn't step up to the plate as far as learning fast enough how to transfer skills to the economy that we're living in currently. What can we do, um, not only in the financial literacy side, but what can we do in the training and education of taking on new career paths that aren't going to, I mean, the, the ones that we were used to growing up, you you know, you're yeah, 50 year old, I'm, yeah. man, we yeah. grew up, it was like, if you didn't go to college, you didn't really worry because Ford, a Chrysler, Lilly, they were waiting on you and $100,000 mm -hmm. was a reality. Yes, sir. Um, what do we do now? Because that's not there. Well, well, we have to provide resources, right, and, and, and opportunities as well. You know, there are a lot of men, like in my generation, right, you know, we uh, a lot of my generation got caught up in that drug war. You know, they got caught up at least selling drugs or actually getting, you know, getting, getting, strung, uh, getting out strung out on there. So a lot of us, you know, have, uh, has, have missed the mark. But because guys like me who have allowed God to transform them, there's opportunities out here now for us to be entrepreneurs. And uh, like you said, the educational uh, 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 technology world has afforded us to do that. So I think the main thing is for men who are still trying to find their way, you know, sit down with them and kind of, you know, uh, uh, glean from them and kind of get some information from them and then lead them to those resources based off of what they're telling us that they want to get into and, and just and lead them and just lead them and direct them to those resources. I'm seeing producer and ownership being more relevant than ever is what you're saying. Oh uh, yeah, I don't uh, believe I don't believe in in people working for people anymore. I think it's time out for that. I think it's for people to 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 uh, uh, uh to own and operate their own businesses. Mm. Well, I want to get before you go to your next question, Mike, just give a uh, idea of the seven authors that are contributing to transform uh the book. Uh, of course, we have as you mentioned before IU great NBA legend yes, Mr. Sir. Basketball from the state of Indiana yes, my sir. dear friend Ray Tobit is one of the contributing authors also Michael Palmer is a great author James Payne I know James from doing work out in the community yes, awesome brother and yeah. pastor Keith Jones all of these are great mm -hmm. men and, and yes, as you mentioned they all come from different backgrounds different walks um, and how you got them all together to write a book <laughs> I'm still picking your brain at uh, Sherman Flukas another young brother doing powerful things yeah. that our youth here in the community uh jamal christmas uh he start preaching on jumbo love saturday <laughs> you give a preacher a microphone yes, and they're gonna do that yes, and sir. roy cunningham and all of these brothers i think what was so amazing for me is that you have relationships with every one yeah, of them yeah but they didn't even know each other mm. right not one of them knew one right, another and right. that is what's amazing about this collaboration for me um especially being a guy working in the community and trying to get with two to three men yeah, to come together. Yeah, yeah. seriously. I, I think it's a powerful thing when men can come together in unity and in love and embrace one another. Like you us know, up in here today. You know what I'm right. saying? Just embrace. Yeah. There's nothing like being around a positive man. It's, it's nothing like it. You know, I love women. You know, I'm I'm not gay at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love women, but there's nothing like being around a man that can that can that can uh, that can pour into your life and speak life into you. Mm -hmm. It's nothing like it. This is a fascinating discussion because when we talk about the issue of being an entrepreneur, and I heard, heard you guys talking about providing and owning, this is, again, we're going back to Genesis. We talked about this almost right at the top, at the top of the program, uh, the issue of Genesis 2.5 and 2.15. 
that God put us in the garden, not only to produce from it, but also to, to defend it. Yes. So those two things, again, are going together. I wanted to go back to a word that, you know, frankly, uh, we use it sometimes, but I'm not always quite sure that we under fully comprehend or understand what it is, and that's the word mindset. So when we talk about a mindset, we're talking about the shifting of attitudes and dispositions of people's thought processes. So let's talk about how do we begin to do that shift? I mean, these are things we can't see, right? I can't right, see it. I right, can't touch it. Right, I can't right, smell right, it. Right. How do we go about doing that? It's really just you, you really have to make a decision, ah. right? You really have to make a decision, you know, to say, you know what? I am no longer going to allow myself to believe the lie that the enemy is telling me because that's all it is. is you have the enemy that is against you that doesn't want you to uh, succeed, that, that wants you to fail in every aspect of life. He is whispering in your ear and lying to you every time you get up. Every step you take, there's probably him uh, whispering in your ear telling you that you cannot do this. And so we first of all have to change the mindset to say, you know what, I'm going to make a decision today that I'm going to believe what God says, that who I am and whose I am. Right. I'm going to believe that then then I'm going to go along through the process. But first, it starts with a decision. Mm, there I, it is. <laughs> go ahead. I'm just laughing, man, because I told you guys still working on me. And John Ramsey, I love that brother. One of my dear friends, you know, what I mean, in, in not dear friends, but a great, great man. And one day outside of the church arena, I said, John, you know, uh, when you tell these people when they walk up and give their life to Christ that this is going to be the best week of your life. I know, right? I said, bruh, <laughs> I said, bruh, come on. You know, soon as you make Christ the center point of your life, the devil's on your tail. Right. Mm. And I said, you know, I love what you're saying to him, mm -hmm. but get them ready for real. Because yeah. once you take on stewardship of being someone and serving Christ, the devil's on your tail now. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, uh, that that voice is going to uh, he's going to be in your ear now more than he's ever been when he knows that you're on the other team. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be we have to, uh, I think, teach. Diligence, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, perseverance. You got to you got to be yeah. you got to be committed and consistent, because once again, a lot of us, a lot of times when we accept Christ as our savior, it's, it's based off of emotions. Yeah. So we still haven't really made a conscious decision. To follow Christ, no matter what's that going only on. Only goes to move up in you, and then you'll forget he's there. Yeah, uh, yeah. As soon as you, you go know, home, see the first TV show. It's a decision, show. man. It's yeah. a, I mean, everything that we do, it, it was a decision for me to even accept this 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 opportunity to be here today. Absolutely. We have to make decisions, and we have to stick with them. But it starts with a decision, and as long as you stay focused on that decision, I believe you can you can conquer anything. This is this brings us to a very important biblical point. Again, we think about what Romans six eleven says that we are supposed to count ourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And that word in Greek, the word count, literally is a math term. So it's a word that literally means to calculate. Yes. So it's this very idea of decision-making. Mm -hmm. And this might be day-to-day, -day, it might be hour-to-hour, -hour, and frankly, for me, it's often second-to-second. I mean, I'm constantly dealing with myself, much less everything else I'm dealing with. So when I talk about the issue of uh, count yourselves dead to sin. This is the decision-making process you're talking about, yes, and it has to start there. It has to start there because, I mean, because we, I mean, you know, just just be real. People are fickle. We're all fickle, and 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 uh, we uh, we live and breathe by emotions. And some days I wake up, I'm feeling it. Some days I'm not. So what do I do on the days that I'm not? Do mm -hmm. I give up? Mm -hmm. No, because I made a conscious decisions. I have to make sure I get up. 
impress mm-hmm. impress through whatever is I'm, I'm dealing with if it's you know uh you know argument with my wife or or or, or my business is not you know, going the way that I wanted to go, or if I can't get all the guys in one room together and do an interview, you know, you know, stuff like that, you know, I, I still have to press and believe what God is telling me, number one, but also what he's showing me, because the Bible talks about that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God, mm-hmm. and because my steps are ordered by God, I never have to worry about the direction that I'm going in. That's right. Right? If if I'm being obedient and heeding mm-hmm. the direction and the call, so... It's all about it's all about the decision. When you think about this concept of decision making, and we basically are talking about now the the issue of staying with it, dedication, or uh, the biblical word is is the word perseverance. And I love that you ta- brought in this concept of being fickle, because quite frankly, that is the antis- uh, that is the antonym to uh, perseverance. When you're fickle, you're all over the place. You're yeah. not really, you know, going down the straight and narrow or going in a certain direction. Uh, certainly with perseverance, however, uh, the famous line uh, from Scripture, he who has done a good work in you, begun a good work in you, will we'll see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, see it through. Yes. There it is. So the perseverance <laughs> issue of uh, once this thing has started in you, uh, we do bear responsibility. We're coming back to responsibility now. So let's pick up on that concept when you're dealing with folks in financial straits that are very having a difficult time, one reason or another, how does the issue of responsibility figure into this, and how much of an issue is that for folks to overcome? That's a huge, man, because once again, no one wants to admit that they've made mistakes. Mm. No one wants to admit that they don't have all the answers. No one wants to admit that they didn't know what they were getting into when they bought that, that car, when they bought that that too expensive house because they wanted to live like the Joneses. Now they've made a mistake. They don't want to admit to that. They don't want to admit to that. Yeah, (laughs) thinking praising God for for a payment that's too high. Yeah, you know because you didn't count the calls, you didn't sit down and budget, Mm -hmm. you didn't do the research on the uh, on the area that you wanted to live in. You don't know if the houses are 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 maintaining the values or they're declining due to foreclosure. You you haven't done no research, so now you're in a now you're in a situation where you're upside down. You owe more than what the houses were. Now you've made a mistake. Now you're looking for someone to bail you out. Now you're coming in with this victim mentality that now this is what this loan officer did to me. This is what this realtor did to me when you the one that made the decision so i think it comes down to just getting people in position if you can just say you know what i made a mistake yeah this is a a, a crucial concern for us i and i'm constantly pressing this with the young people that i uh, teach uh this concept of entitlement and victimization that somehow somebody owes you something right uh you know generally speaking if i were not a christian i would say who are Who's going to owe you? What? What is that? Yeah, what? Yeah. Is that what you would say if you were a Christian? Yeah. I, I, we, might, we might add another word or two in there. some other things as a Christian, I might say, but we're going to leave that alone for the radio. The issue of entitlement is, is a big deal. So we live in a culture of entitlement where, you know, we say, well, the government should or uh, the president said or the Congress should have, you know. Or that pokey kind down of, the street yeah. said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It ain't got nothing. And that's a good good place to go that is a good place to go because i think we live in this microwave society where a lot of times not only financially but uh intellectually uh, social status wise if you want to be a musician uh the mindset of this generation coming got two problems i see terrell got a mindset of a young generation entitled 
that think they deserve stuff without putting any work in, right, without right, doing right. any investing in, without right. doing anything. Then we got old people uh, <laughs> who we're stuck and we're don't want to think that we have to learn new yeah, stuff if yeah, we want to be yeah, better. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, we're clashing like two bulls in a china shop right mm-hmm. now with these two generations yeah, of people. You're right. Uh, you're and, right. And, and you mentioned the other area, that gray area, the drug epidemic area. And this is, uh, Mark, white America's going through theirs right Absolutely. now. Let me let you know the heroin and opiate epidemic. Yep. If y'all need some help in counseling, we got you. Because we dealt with this about yeah. 25 years ago where we lost a generation of people uh, about 45 to about 35 years old where we had kids that were abandoned pretty much by, as you mentioned, Terrell, the father who was either playing the drug game from one side or was attacked by it as a user. Right. And then we had the mothers who were predominantly taken advantage of as users. And so we had <laughs> we had kids growing up, man, that are like 35 and 45 now and that didn't have any Right. Real parenting, so mm-hmm. we got we got we got some chasms, man, going on that we've got to fix. And and as you mentioned, you got to make your mind up first. But but some one two threes, give us some one two threes on where to start to it make starts that with, mind up. It, it starts with men, like you said. There are women, you know, that got caught up, but there were also women that didn't get caught up, and then they had to like fill in the gap. Women have been forced into leadership roles that they was not prepared for, designed. that they were not even designed to even be in. So in, in in order for things to turn around, my generation, you know, that will can empower and show this next generation of what a real man looks like. We have to turn. We have to turn around. We have to change our mindset and, and get back in a position of ownership and and be a provider for our family. And I believe then because the Bible talks about. Uh, if we if if we can get people to turn from their wicked ways, right? That he will hear from heaven, who is God, will hear from heaven, and he will heal the land. But it starts with repentance, and I believe if we can get men to repent and fall down on their face and say, God, you know what? I am sorry. I fell short. I'm sorry. Can you help me get back in position? God will heal this land, and this whole thing will turn around. But it starts with men. This is a big man movement. This is bigger than getting uh, getting a man a, a platform because he wants to sell some books and, and make some money as a professional speaker. It's a whole lot more bigger than this. When I started this, it was almost set up where we can just go out and do a conference where we can just speak into men's lives, pray over men, and do a discussion panel of just men issues, and then bring these men to the altar and let's lay hands and let's pray and let's have a deliverance service because we got to get men back in the rightful place. That's the reason why God told me you got to live a holy life. God is calling men back to holiness. And the reason why... I mean, if I'm telling you, it starts with men. Women wouldn't do some of the stuff that they're doing if men would stand up and say, you know what? I am not going to take advantage of you anymore. I am not going to use you up. I'm going to treat you as the king that you are, as the queen that you are. It starts with men. Men, we can change this whole this whole temperature of this world if we just submit to God mm. and fall on our face and ask for forgiveness. Wow. What's the we can turn this you thing. have to say, doctor? <laughs> we can turn this thing around. We have the power. To turn this whole thing around if we just come together as men and repent. Yeah. The issue of submission is not one that men like to talk about, uh, don't want to do for sure, and certainly is the beginning of all of this. HB, we got a we got a barn burner in here. Oh, we got a barn burner and we're <laughs> gonna take a break and come back, but these words are needed. Uh you know, we talk about this all the time, Mark. Uh never this profound and never with this much conviction, but we talk about this all the time. Uh, that you know we have to be the leaders 
that's that right. we talk about. We, we have, have to, to be. be. And if we're not that, who And we're not just talking about social yeah. leaders either because uh, we got a lot uh, of them. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm talking about, <laughs> you know, and, and before I go to break, I do want to say this because you mentioned something about the women not being equipped, and, and that's not a slight on you ladies if you're out there listening. Uh, this is just fact. Uh, we were all designed for particular reasons and purposes, much like men weren't designed to have babies. So that's not a slight on us. It's just the way the Creator made it. Uh, but it was so ironic that you mentioned that because I do youth programming. Men and, you know, girls and boys, uh, men and women. I, you know, the programming I do, I, I'm, I'm trying to educate and empower people. Um, had an organization where the, the, the lady didn't feel comfortable leaving the young lady here with me to do some internship. Oh, and, wow. and, and I was thinking about how jacked up that is in, in the sense of, okay, this young lady's never been around a responsible male and now you get the opportunity and you're gonna you know say no so now you're building distrust in her Mm -hmm. around men around men and so it's starting at 14 years old i'm watching this start right now so the 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 the, the, the togetherness that we're going to have to create where trust is built again as you mentioned before uh it's going to take some work because the the mindset now is twisted a little bit so we have to work harder at making sure that the men are going to be respected we know there's some vicious ones out here but it's some gold out here ladies you're listening to warp and wolf radio on the cool group site Dr. Mark Eckle, Terrell Sarver, Harold H.B. Bell, and it, Warping It Up. RadioNext.tv, we are live on the Cool Groove site, and uh, Warping Wolf Radio, just tell somebody to tell somebody. I mean, these are some very, very, I mean, I'm part of it, and I'm, in, I'm just inspired and fired up. Uh, the knowledge and the information that is transferred on this show each week is uh, just continuing Dr. Mark Eckle to grow like a mountain, and uh, just want to thank you and Comenius Institute uh, you for, you know, almost two years in now, man. That's right. And uh, we're making changes, making it happen. That's I right. I told you we're not laying bricks, we're building a cathedral. There there it is. There you go. There you go. That's, is that mind changing there, Terrell Sovereign? <laughs> yes, is that sir. the mindset you're talking about, yes, partner? Yes, and uh, before we get back to the conversation, we want to remind you of uh, the works of B-Men, Inc., Transformed, and this is a book, Powerful Stories of Seven Men Changed by the Hands of God, and this book is available now. Terrell, where can they get this book if they choose? Uh, yes, uh, right now they can go to our website, which is uh, Inc. Dot com and you can actually uh, go to the uh, author's page or the new up- upcoming release tab and uh, order the book that way. You can actually uh, support your local author. So if you have a particular author that you want to support, just click on their profile, their link, and uh, you can actually purchase the book and they will get the credit for it. All right. We've, uh, let me, this boy is, uh, keeps clicking in. Cliff Payne is out here listening. You got your brand Cliff, new fan. Yeah, yeah Cliff, so man. That's my guy, man. He was man. in last night. Yeah, so he's all, well, yeah. we, we recognize you and love you and thank you for listening, yes, Cliff. Also, we want to talk about Rainstar Capital Group, uh, Vice President of Rainstar Capital, financial expert. If you need some financial uh, energy in your life, uh, give Terrell a call at 317-717-8044 or you can email him at ts at rainstarcapitalgroup.com mm. you're busy man brother yeah he's got all kinds of things going on that was something we talked about it as we were sitting in your office uh, just coming in here before the show was uh, you have a, a day job but you're also creating this ministry and I wanted to go back to something that we were talking about before the break the idea of perseverance and I wanted to bring uh, back this uh, scripture passage to us here this morning Luke chapter 14 this is a very interesting statement Jesus makes here 
Now great crowds accompanied him, this is verse 25, Luke 14, and he turned and said to them, if anybody comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children, brother and sister, even his own life, he can't be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross, come after me, can't be my disciple. Uh, For you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. And he goes on and talks about the issue of uh, building a foundation, not being able to complete the house, and people mocking them for this. Uh, when we hear these kinds of words, Jesus is not talking about, by the way, right. hating your family. Correct. He's talking about there is a difference between loving me and loving anybody else, and the focus is on loving God. And so once the love for God comes, the love for family comes right along with that. And I wanted to come back to the concept of perseverance and this idea that Jesus brings up here about counting the cost. So let's talk a little bit about how that, how important that is in financial literacy. Yeah, so any, any, uh, any major project or anything that you're, you're trying to do, you always, even if it's starting a business or buying a house or buying a car or whatever, you need to make sure that you, um, that you, uh, that you're counting the cost, which means you're making sure that your budget is intact, that you know what your outcome is and what your, uh, and what your, uh, outgoing is and what your incoming is. So you, uh, make sure that you have all your expenses in place and make sure that you have a net profit that you can be able to save while you're planning for, uh, for that particular project. So you always want to make sure you count the cost. One of the things this scripture says too that is, that uh, that uh, uh, that touch on with me when I started this publishing company uh, it was a faith walk right and uh, and how Jesus said that if you build a tower but don't complete it that you will be mocked mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that I wanted to make sure right because this publishing company I, I didn't want to let my guys down I didn't want to let me down because I had put myself out there and I had to make sure so this was one of the first projects that i actually went out and actually Mm -hmm. saw the vision in the beginning and then it actually manifested so it's it's just a great accomplishment to know that if god gives you a vision and then you just listen to him and then allow him to order your steps you know you can accomplish anything so uh we just thank god that uh we're not being mocked there you go right now this is huge (laughs) Well, uh, well let's come back to some of these practical points because i'm sure folks sitting out there going you know we hear echo out there you know giving us the scripture but we need more practical stuff here so Let's keep going back to the budgetary issues and uh, the problem of budgeting. What what do you think it is that really inhibits people most about setting a budget and staying with it? Because most people relate a budget to uh, going without or sacrifice, right? You don't have, just because we mentioned budget, budget is only designed to make sure that that, uh, every dime that you make has an assignment, right? That every dime that you make, you know where it's going, right? There's no leaks in your in your financial uh, pocket, so to speak. So that's what the budget is really designed for, to make sure that you have an account of everything that's going in and coming out. That's really all a budget is. And basically, what I try to tell my, my clients or my students or whatever is that your budget makes up, uh, should include your needs, your wants, and your desires. Your budget should include that. Now, once you add all that in, and if you have a deficit, then then we have to, you know, uh, straighten some stuff out. Maybe uh, cut some things out, or maybe uh, delete some things altogether. But if you if you make sure that your needs are are, are are taken care of, your wants are taken care of, and your desires are taken care of, then there's no reason to go outside of the budget. And there's not something that says that you're going to get your desire immediately. Immediate, correct. Right. Correct. So talk about the long term need to save and to plan ahead. 
How yes. important is that? Uh, that's very important because uh, if an emergency comes along, a lot of times people are living paycheck to paycheck because, you know, emergency like the transmission or something, maybe you may need new tires on a car or whatever. Now, because you didn't have an emergency fund, you have to take, you have to rob Peter to pay Paul mm -hmm. to take care of this emergency. Now you're behind the eight ball again. So you want to make sure that, that you have an emergency fund in place. Make sure that you have some savings in place. Mm -hmm. Make sure you have some miscellaneouses in place as well. Make sure that you, uh, uh, if, if, uh, if you have some things that you desire to save like Christmas a lot of people save for Christmas uh, a lot of people may save for a vacation uh, a lot of people may save for your 401k your 529 for your kids whatever that is so you have to make sure you put those outlets in place too but just make but saving is something that you have to do you just can't keep spending your money without saving so th th when I when you said needs wants and desires here's what I heard the needs and the greeds so <laughs> when I when I think about people spending too much money I, I see folks trying to be greedy to go after something a they don't need b is too expensive for them or c the culture's telling them they have to have they it have but they it. don't right. need to right. need this thing so how do you help people to practically overcome the pressures of the greeds versus the needs the well, greeds versus all, the needs. it's not it's not my place to tell somebody what they what they what they shouldn't desire or what they should want right you know it's my job to just line it all up advisor. let's <laughs> all line it up on the paper and see if it makes sense if it doesn't make sense then we have to make some changes right so instead of saying uh, uh, for instance say if you got someone who's spending say $300 a month in entertainment right well that's that's a desire right so but let's say they have a deficit of say a hundred dollars well we need to cut back some of that entertainment right not not going uh white knuckling saying you can't go out let's just cut it back so we can get that we can get that margin back in place so there's a uh th there's a, a net profit correct so i'm not here to tell someone what they can and cannot do because most people who are not balanced because that they feel like they're sacrificing too much they're going to go out and go on a binge and do something mm -hmm. They more over shop or whatever they're going to do. So I'm not here to tell you what you cannot do, but the paper doesn't lie. So let's sit down and let's count the, uh, uh, let's count the calls and let's see what your bottom line looks like. Then if it's not favorable, then let's go back and tweak some things so we can put the necessary things in place. Does that make sense? Oh, oh my word. It makes a ton of sense because what you're really saying is this isn't a disease like something you have that you can't control. Right. This is something that you can you control. You can control this. And uh, in every situation, pretty much, you can control I it. need a budget for my diet, HB. You know, yeah. I, I want to eat a whole raspberry pie sometimes. Well, so there I'm getting ready to go to Confession Central <laughs> with this brother when we get off there. I need help. Like, I, you know, I'm serious. You know, and then, and then here's truth of the matter, too, because I have been very responsible um, in, in another lifetime. And sometimes, as you mentioned, you go through some things, man, the dynamics of real life happening. And, uh, you know, divorce, <laughs> ownership of two fledgling businesses and stuff like that. Well, you know, and, and as you mentioned, you're going to build this tower, you know, many a times could have said, let me quit building this tower. But the message that I received from God to say, uh, go give information to your community was way stronger than, you know, stopping the building of the towers. So sometimes when you go through some things that we mentioned before, perseverance is your is your uh, checking account for a moment. You know, that's where oh, yeah, you go yeah, to get yeah, your yeah. withdrawal and your deposit, make your deposit um, until things do uh, come around. And that's that, that patience that you're talking about. Talk about the patience of getting your situation together because I heard you mention something about Ray. 
you know, you gave me some advice, and then yeah, automatically yeah. conversation gets shut off by neither one of you doing for a couple of years, but he took advice and then came back and was able to give you a great report. Talk about that patience thing, man. The patience is key, too, because remember, uh, it took you a long time to get into the situation that you're currently in. So it's not a quick fix. You know, anytime you're uh, trying to restore some things and get back on track, it's, it's going to never be a quick fix. So you have to have the pace once again to make the decision to say this is what I'm going to do and then uh, enjoy the process and take the time to cultivate it and make sure that you're checking off all the um, all the items that your uh, that your goals are. But patience is the key to everything that we're trying to do here, because a lot of times we get very anxious and uh, we want to uh, we want a quick fix and we want things done now. And that's how we get in trouble, because all we're doing is satisfying the flesh. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have to learn to deny ourselves. I think uh, what is that uh, term that uh, Dave Ramsey used? I'm not sure. You, I'm not sure. He what said that something. Is. Live, live, live. Uh, I can't. I can't think of it, but it makes sense what he was saying, though. But basically, just uh, uh, just enjoy the process. You know, when it comes to your finances or any major decision that you make, just enjoy that process and just and, and just know that patience is a virtue. You know, you're going to learn through this process. You know, it's not a it's it's it's, it's not an overnight fix. We're gonna take our last break. I got one for you. If you're going through hell, keep going. Because if you stay there, you're going to burn up. So we'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) Warp and Wolf Radio. Yes, sir. (laughs) Wow, what a show today. Uh, Terrell Sarver in studio with us. Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.B. Bell, Warp and Wolf Radio. Show sponsored by Comenius Institute. One more time, Dr. Mark, let the people know. Yeah, so Warp and Woof is the vertical horizontal threads that make up fabric. As Christians, we believe Colossians 117, by him are all things held together. That's Jesus. And, of course, Comenius is the bridge program that we create for young people going from a uh, Christian home, Christian environment, into a public university setting and helping them just by sitting at lunch with them, talking about their daily lives, the kinds of things that they're doing. Upcoming events, uh, very first Thursday of September, we are going to do something called Ignite IUPUI, where every first Thursday of uh, the month, uh, the Christian groups on campus are getting together to provide uh, a presentation for the other groups and anybody that might be interested. The very first presentation in September is by us, Cominius Institute. I'm having some of the students come in. We're going to be talking about student as vocation, how important it is to help students to understand that right now is their job. So there you go, HB. I don't know if there's any better segue. Uh, one more segue. September the 2nd. Arts oh, and Music please. in the Park uh, Mental Health Prevention and Awareness Summit. Uh, this is the beginning of a movement that we're going to be doing here at RadioNext.tv. We're going to address all the issues dealing in mental health, everything from Alzheimer's to dementia, uh, bipolar, schizophrenia, depression, anxiety, drug addiction, suicide prevention, P, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, all of these things that we are dealing with as a community that we don't like to talk about. We're going to have resources and providers there who can help uh, start bridging this gap in our lack to go look at our mental health. We know you need your spiritual help, but God made these great doctors to help you and counsel you as well. So let's not be afraid of the help yeah, that you can get exactly. in the realm of mental health. So The issues that surround us there are, are very deep and broad, and we've got some great docs that are going to be there. You won't want to miss that. Uh, Robin and I will be down there. There's going to be music, food, um, 
kids stuff going on you won't want to miss it uh if you like anything at all to do with music you don't want to miss this because there's going to be some great artists down there giving uh some great some great music during that particular time so 12 to 6 on the 2nd of September. And what park again is that, Garfield Park, down right off of Raymond and Shelby Street. Uh, they got a lot of North Right. I said, the Lord show is good because they got some, uh, gave us some free advertising because of the memorial uh, set up for the Confederate soldiers who were uh, prisoners of wars during the, okay. the Civil War. And, okay. I mean, they gave a lot of club to Garfield Park. And I said, well, we're going to mm. use it and spin it like we might. There Y'all you go. worrying about monuments, and I'm building monuments. <laughs> <laughs> about that? And that really does say something, doesn't it, about our culture. Our culture is so obsessed with the negative. We are so uh, concerned about attacking each other, so obsessed with the idea that I'm right and you're wrong. And uh, HB's comment is one that everybody ought to take to heart, and that is we're not here to destroy, we're here to build. And so we're back with Terrell Sarver. Uh, Terrell, uh, in our last segment here, we've just got a few minutes left uh, to kind of close out this wonderful show today. It strikes me as we've been going through all of these kinds of ideas that you've been sharing with us, as we talk about uh, the needs that people have in just generally speaking, an education of finance. If you were going to lay out some final ideas, you know, if give us a list and we'll riff on them as we go, but what are some baseline concepts, some real practical points to everybody to say, you know what, I, could, I need to get my ducks in a row and I can start with a couple. Here are a couple things to remember. Yeah, definitely. So basically what you want to do is first is get a copy of your credit report. You know, make sure that you know what's on that credit report. 85 to 90% of credit reports are inaccurate due to due to you know just human error you know uh, uh the credit bureaus down there they make a i mean they're a, bil- a billion dollar industry and they make a, <laughs> that money because of errors right so it's your responsibility as a consumer to make sure you know what's on your credit report so the first thing you do is just get a, uh, a copy of your credit report and then you can go to uh, uh annualcreditreport.com to get a free copy of that if you don't know how to get access to that, but for, uh, I mean, just do an analysis of your credit report. Make sure that um, that the information that is on the credit report is yours, and if it's not, take the necessary measures to get that information deleted out. Because as a consumer, under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, you have rights as a consumer to uh, to uh, remove inaccurate, incorrect, outdated information off of your credit report so that's one of the first steps that i would say get a copy of credit report and then also uh, uh um, make sure you have a acting a active working budget as well because your budget is your steering wheel you know it it guides into uh you into the direction that you need to go into so if you don't have a budget sit down with a, a financial expert or someone who can help you you know put all your information on paper to make sure that you're accounting the cost with your finances and you know where your money is going and then just stay consistent with that as well also we make sure that you're removing all that negative information off the credit report as well because that help you uh, to clean up the report and also helps you raise your scores as well. So just make sure you get a copy of your credit report, make sure you have an active budget, and remove any uh, negative information off the credit report. And then number two, I mean number three, just stay consistent with that process because once again, uh, you didn't get in this situation overnight, so it's not going to be an overnight fix. So just be patient, make a decision to say no matter what goes on because once you make a decision to get yourself out of debt, uh, then of course debt's going to come. So don't get frustrated. Don't get uh, don't get off focus. But stay the course and stay persistent and make a decision to say no matter what what comes or may, I'm going to stick with this. 
This is these are fantastic practical points. The credit report, go find it. R remind us again, what website do we go to? You can go to uh, annualcreditreport.com to get a free credit report. Now, remember, you're only going to get access to your debt, so it's not going to come with a credit score. You have to pay for your credit scores. But if you want your credit scores, there's a site you can go to called creditchecktotal.com. And that's a monitoring service, which means you're not going to get a soft hit, so it's not going to be a hard inquiry. So you can go there. I think they have a promotion going on right now where you can get all three bills and all three credit scores for a dollar. You can sign up, and it's a great monitoring uh, source, too, because you can monitor your credit every month. So you can make sure you don't have identity theft going on and kind of updates and kind of see where your credit score is going at. And you can also see as you're removing information and make sure that your debt-to-income ratios on your credit cards are, are below 31% as well. Wow. Creditchecktotal.com is the place that you want to go to and check that out. Uh, you can also go to annualcreditreport.com. Yes, sir. Uh, those two sites are really important. Uh, Terrell's uh, suggesting these ideas here to us. But, uh, you know, i got to come back and say, you know, folks are sitting out there listening to this. or They're going to hear the podcast later on. They're going to go, you know... You guys are up there waxing eloquent. It's real easy to talk about all this stuff, you know. Rubber hits the road. I got kids that are whining at me. I got I got folks that are got their hand out. Uh, things are going on in my life just falling apart around me. Uh, and the culture, Terrell, is telling us that we need everything right now. Right. And so how do we get around the mindset? We talked about disposition earlier. How do we get around the mindset, the disposition, the attitude that we need it now? Oh, man, we just, I mean, we can't have it all now because, once again, we, it took us a minute to even get in the situations that we're in. So we just have to slow down, seek God, and ask God to give you the patience that you need, but not only the patience, but the wisdom and the understanding on how to tackle your financial situation. Mm -hmm. Don't get discouraged in the process because a lot of times, a lot of times we give up in the process, right? But that's the process is a great place to be because it's a learning, a learning uh, place. Mm -hmm. And we have to make sure we're learning because at the end of the day, God is not going to bring you out of a situation not to help someone else. So there's a reason why you're going through the situation. So learn from the situations, which means you have to slow down, be persistent, but also be patient and learn what it is God needs you to know out of the situation so you can help someone else that comes around. It sure sounds like uh, some of the very things we've been talking about for the last couple of hours. Slow down, seek God. And here's one that uh, we talked about earlier the idea of service to others it struck me as i'm listening to hear uh, listening to you say these kind kinds of things that when we get our own house in order we get our own act together that literally we are we are doing a service to our children yes sir we are doing a service to our families we are connecting to people in a way that we don't really think about because we're just thinking about us. us right. So we're just thinking about us, and we need to get outside of that and remember that we're serving other people. And it sounds vaguely like what you're all about with the bmaninc.com. That's all we're all about because at the end of the day, you are attached to someone's attached to you, and someone is watching you to see how you out. Uh, uh, how you overcome your situation people need to see hope a lot of times we're the only bible that people are going to read so we have to make sure that we're a living example of, of how we act how we how we perceive things and how we go about things so you know uh someone's attached to me 
So I have to make sure that I'm doing everything that I need to do to get myself in position so I can help them because their blood is going to be on my hand. Oh. When, it, when it comes to judgment day and God says, hey, I told you to do this and you didn't do that, the blood's going to be on my hand. Mm. So I have, to, uh, I have to have a mindset to know that this is bigger than me and this is not about me. Mm. I'm grateful that he's using me as a tool, right? I mean, think about it. The creator of all being is using me as a tool to help someone else. So, which means is that he's going to allow me to come out of this situation, right? That's the reason why I cannot faint in well-doing. That's the reason why I can't faint as I'm going through my process and as I'm learning because God is not going to allow me. What is it? Genesis? Oh, is it Genesis 20, or 50, 20, or something like that, I believe, when, when Joseph said, you meant it for my harm. Yep. But God meant it for my good so he can accomplish what is now being done, mm. the saving of many lives. Mm -hmm. So what we're going through right now, God ordained it. He allowed it because there's something that he's trying to accomplish in us so that people that are come behind us will be saved. Sounds like Genesis 50, 20 to me. Absolutely. 50 there to 20. Is. There, there it is. is. <laughs> we're talking sovereignty up here now. God's in charge of everything. And when we stop to think about that, we have to say this. And we're, nobody's saying up here that this is easy, okay? I tell people all the time, sovereignty is easy to teach and it's hard to live. So it is, there it is, bottom line, end of the day. But Terrell is also telling us from uh, Ezekiel chapter 33 that he's supposed to blow the trumpet because otherwise the, the blood is on his hands. This is a huge point. And something else Terrell said early uh, in this segment was the idea that the only Bible that some people read is us. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2, two says, where Paul says, you are letters known and read of all men. So people are reading us. Maybe if Paul had been writing today, he would have said, you are emails known and read of yes, all sir. men, HB. Yes, wow. All right. Well, wow. you know, the musicians still, they making albums, you know, so they don't <laughs> care. You know, uh, the medium and the message, the message is the message. But anyway, uh, just want to say, man, this has been a wonderful, wonderful, uh, exhibit number one of, of, of a true brother in Christ that is you know you know saying okay I'm gonna put me to the side and we're gonna see what we can do and it was just powerful as I started reading the book the other day and you were talking about you and your quote when you said God has given me an assignment that assignment is for every man to see that they have a purpose in life to validate to validate their voices men and to exemplify transparency inspiration and to educate men to be men their lives matter no matter what mistakes they have made in the past God still has a plan for their lives and what you just said is that no matter what you've been through the lesson yes. is on the other side. The so, you know, we, we, we always have to remember when we're going through something that is for the betterment of somebody tomorrow. And that'll, that'll keep you humbled up. That'll keep you moving forward. Um, and, and those words, man, have surely helped me today, you know, because sometimes, like I told you, the toughest of men mm -hmm. go through some things and they need to hear some words that are of encouragement. Yeah, Amen. because what you went through, is it, it wasn't designed to kill you. Right. It was designed to empower you mm -hmm. to help someone else cross crossover mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying Absolutely. so 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 if i believe that then my uh what i'm going through and what i'm dealing with is is a lot easier the weight has been lifted because i know that there's a god that cares for me and that he's making provisions for me as i'm continuing to walk in faith there it is and there it is this has uh, been an essential program in so many respects uh, linking obvious biblical truth to the practicality of financial literacy you will not want to miss next week uh, we have dr brian barber coming here he is going to explain to us a brand new way 
to do health care. Let me say that again. He has, and some of his colleagues, have a brand new way to do health care. He will be in the studio next week to discuss this with us. You have been listening to Warp and Woof Radio. You hear us every Wednesday at radionext.tv at the Cool Groove site. Uh, next week we'll be hearing from Dr. Barber in weeks to come, and I want to emphasize this. We're going to be having a whole show, show on women in leadership. So while we want to focus and promote uh, bemeninc.com, we also want to say to our lady listeners out there, we got you covered. We're bringing that stuff later on in the month of September. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And HB's going to help me host that show. There it is. Thanks so much for listening to us this day. Check out the podcast later on. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. We'll see you next time.